0: Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps.
1: God's children said. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I love that song. And that's not just because I'm a little on the hyper side. I I just love songs that that get you up and get you going. And uh, at times, sometimes we need to be gotten up. And sometimes we need to have somebody get us going. And sometimes we'll read in scripture and it gets us going. In Psalm this 32nd uh, chapter for the first seven verses, we're going to see some scripture this morning that says, it is time to get up, man. It is time to get going. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Selah. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance.
2: Have you ever thought about the fact that you can bless God? That's a pretty amazing concept, though, when you stop to think about it, to bless the creator of everything. How is it that I can do anything that would even catch his notice? How is it that I can do anything that would be good enough to catch his notice or pure enough to be a blessing from God? We're not going to try to answer that right now, but I am going to invite you to consider how you can bless the Lord. What can I do to bring a blessing to God? Don't worry about the theology. Just focus on blessing him. In Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2, David instructs us to bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits.
3: We're talking about blessing the Lord this morning, how we can bless him. And what blesses God more than to see his children growing in their commitment to him. This morning, we once again have the privilege to enroll the Salvation Army's newest soldier. This morning, it's Kim Tolcher. She has grown up in the Army. She's taken all of the necessary preparatory classes to prepare her for this moment. She has declared that Jesus Christ is her Lord and Savior. And today she's ready to make that commitment as a senior soldier of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. And as an added blessing today, Colonel Himes, Kim's grandpa, It's going to enroll her. That's a very special opportunity. So after I have a short word of prayer, I'm going to ask Kelly to come and to read the scriptures and the flag bearers to come and prepare the flags. And then Colonel Heim will come and lead us through the rest of this enrollment. But right now, let's pray. Father, we thank you for um, the blessing of your presence in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing of salvation that through your blood and through the work of the Holy Spirit we can can find forgiveness for sins. And I thank you, Lord, that Kim makes that testimony today that she has experienced that cleansing and that forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit we're able to walk this world in holiness. And God, I pray that you would just um, so fill Kim with your spirit with a desire to please you, that, Lord, she would be an example to those that she encounters at school, um, here at the core, in every place where she finds herself. Might she be a witness for you. And, God, might um, this day of her enrollment be the beginning of a a wonderful walk with you, an even closer walk than she's had up to this point. And, God, we just pray that your blessing to be upon her, and, Lord, might we be there to support her in this walk. Bless us now as we experience this enrollment. And, God, might you receive the praise. Might you be blessed. Might you be honored, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Good morning. I'll be reading from Romans 12, 1 and 2, and then 6 through 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We have been given different gifts according to his grace, If a man's gift is prophesying, let him do so in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patience in affliction, and faithful in prayer.
0: While the flag sergeants are coming, uh, I'm, I was reflecting back many, many years. and I remember just as a 17-year-old going out to Echo Grove one evening with a couple of other guys just to visit and see the program. And the the fellows I was with apparently had girlfriends. And they said, we're going to go get an ice cream, so get yourself a girlfriend, you know. (laughs) And uh, along came Mavis. (laughs) And uh, I, I said to her, you know, Would you like to go out and get an ice cream with me or the pop stand? She said, sure. And from that time on, uh, a relationship developed. And I would like, I'm just curious, that all those who are related in that Himes clan, just stand for a minute and see where you are. Thank you. Thank Now I'd like to give a direct order to Kelly, or Kimberly rather. (laughs) Come on, (laughs) Kimberly. Right down here, Kimberly. And you can turn around and you can face the congregation for the time that. Isn't she cute? <laughs> She's a lovely lady, and we're very, very, very proud of her. And I would like to uh, share this with you where it says No person may become a soldier of the Salvation Army without signing the Articles of War. The comrades who are about to, or the comrade who is about to be sworn in, has prayerfully read and endorsed the following articles. She says that she has received salvation, that she believes God raised up the Salvation Army, that she believes in the truth of the Army's teaching, that she realizes the necessity for repentance, faith, and conversion, and that she experiences these, that she believes in the truths of the Bible, that she believes Christians may live holy lives through the grace of God, that she believes in the immortality of the soul. She further promises that she will abstain from the use of all intoxicating liquor, from the use of tobacco in any form, and from the non-medical use of all addictive drugs, that she will not take part in anything that's evil or unclean, that she will act and speak honestly, that she will support God in every way possible, and Captain uh, Augustine will like this one, that she agrees to obey her corps officer, <laughs> that she will show herself at all times a true soldier of Jesus Christ and of the Salvation Army. Now, Kimberly, you can turn around and face your grandpa. Do you declare in the presence of God and your fellow comrades salvationists and others that are gathered here that you undertake by the help of the Holy Spirit to regulate your life and to work as a salvation soldier according to the articles of war which you have read and which you will sign in just a moment? If so, raise your right hand and say, I do. I do. Now, please kneel down and place your name right on that top line. We'll ask the congregation to rise, and you may stay right where you are. That's right. Let us pray. <clears> o <throat> oh God, we call upon you this morning to accept the dedication of Kimberly as she has signed her articles of war and has, in public, to of all her friends, agreed to live a Christian life worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And so we pray that your blessing will be upon her, upon her family, upon all the members of this corps who will enrich her Christian life as she continues to grow here in in the midst of her friends. So let your blessing be upon Kimberly. Bless her soldiership. May the years ahead be fruitful years that will bring honor and glory unto your kingdom This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated and you may rise. (coughs) In the name of God and the Salvation Army, I have accepted your declaration and receive you as a soldier of the Flint Citadel Corps of the Salvation Army under the blood and fire flag. Greet your new soldier. A little
5: huggy. (laughs) You did good. Well, I noticed that everything this morning has been preceded with commentary. So why ruin a perfect pattern here? Actually, uh, while I hate to intrude uh, with verbalizations at this point, uh, it is necessary for a couple of reasons. One is uh, the band is going to play a new piece of music this morning and uh, uh, there's special significance to it. Uh, This, uh, in the last couple of weeks, my father uh, attained the age of 80 years, reached that 80th milestone. Given the children he had to raise, that alone is a miracle that he made it that far. So what do you get a guy who has everything? I mean, he has everything he could possibly need. So we thought, perhaps the gift of music. And so uh, this morning, Dad, we're going to give you a piece of music. It's never been played before. And uh, the band uh, has very kindly worked up this piece of music. And uh, it's appropriate, too, that virtually all of my siblings are are playing in the band today, uh, except for Cheryl, who we could ask to come up and sing a verse, I suppose. But we don't want to scare the small children or women in the audience. (laughs) But this is a song that's very significant to our family. Now, I'm sure my father's worrying now because there are two songs that are significant to our family. One is, there was an old man and his name was Bill. He lived on top of a garbage hill. He never took a bath and he never will. P.U. dirty old Bill. We used to (laughs) sing that a lot to my father, but that's not the one we're going to do today. Instead, this is a song that uh, we used to sing many times around the dinner table. Uh, especially when we lived in uh, Royal Oak, so that would have been even before Stephen was born. But we used to have family devotions around the table, and often we would uh, sing a chorus or or two. And one time we just sort of landed on, Jesus keep me near the cross, there a precious fountain. Free to all, a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. And uh, we sang it to the tune, Healing Stream. And uh, it's this beautiful German melody. I mean, you, you'd know it. We sing it to this tune in the army commonly. But it just was something we sort of latched onto, and, and we'd even take harmony. We never really thought too much of the fact that we were singing in harmony. Apparently not a lot of families do that, but we did. And, and we were singing in three-four part harmony, and it sort of became a favorite. So every now and again, if, if uh, uh, they really got desperate for special music at a core somewhere, we could always sing, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross. But you know, the last time we sang this song was right in this core, as a family. We sang it in that fireplace lounge, right next door. And we sang it just before we came into my mother's funeral. And as we were preparing, stealing ourselves for that charged, emotional moment, Dad said, why don't we sing Healing Stream one more time? So we sang it as a family, and that was a great memory. It was a a time of solace, and yet today, as Kimberly is enrolled as a, as a senior soldier, I'm thinking of the idea that, that that is just a ceremony. That is just a ceremony. Being a soldier is living out a reality. Yesterday we had a wedding. That was just a ceremony. Living a life of two people dedicated in love to one another through thick and thin, that is reality. So as we think of uh, this morning of a new soldier stepping out from a ceremony into reality. How does one do that? You stay close to the cross of Jesus. The words are going to come up as the, as the band plays. But Kimberly, my advice to you is, as you embark on this reality, is there are times that you will be discouraged, there are times that you'll wonder, what is the point of being a soldier of Christ, especially when all things are going wrong? But I challenge you to look to somebody like your grandpa, 80 years, a life well spent, no regrets, keeping Jesus close to you at all times, that's not a ceremony, that's reality.
6: This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. It is written to the church in Thessalonica, you who belong to God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you peace and grace. Dear brothers and sisters, we always thank God for you as is right, for we are thankful that your faith is flourishing and you are all growing in love for each other. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. Verses 11 through 12 say, And so we keep on praying for you that our God will make you worthy of the life to which he called you. And we pray that God, by his power, will fulfill fulfill all your good intentions and faithful deeds. Then everyone will, have, will give honor to the name of our Lord Jesus, Christ, Jesus because of you, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the undeserved favor of our God and Lord Jesus Christ.
3: you may have heard in the news the story of a family who lost their beloved dog Porkchop at first uh, the mother put up a reward of $500 for his return but there was no response so she decided to offer her most treasured possession her customized 1996 Ford Mustang convertible that she had just finished paying off. Sure enough, a day or so later, a man stopped by with pork chop and off he drove with her Mustang. Here's what that mother said. I just wanted to instill the value in my children that family is the most important thing beyond any material item. Now, whatever you might think about her decision, How powerful do you suppose this lesson will be to her children in the years to come? The money that she lost on her Mustang convertible couldn't buy the lesson that she gave. Not only in her words, she didn't didn't just say it, she actually lived it. She actually demonstrated it in her actions. She had the strength of her convictions and she put her money where her mouth was and at least as far as her kids are concerned, I think she was a real blessing to her family. In a time when people put so much importance on material things, this woman has brought a sense, I think, of honor to her family because she has a, a completely different value system. Can I stretch things a little bit further and say she brought them glory? Or at least she brought them pork chop. Hey, by the way, do, um, do Majors Gary and Karen Felton down in Jamaica get a copy of this service this week? No. Make sure you send them one. I want them to have one. I want to remind them that um, I have their dog. And if they want that dog back, they better come up with something like this, this woman did. <laughs> Please open your Bible to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. The letters of First uh, and Second Thessalonians are thought to be Paul's earliest writings. Thessalonica was one of the first cities Paul visited in Europe. On his second missionary journey, really he wanted to go deeper into Asia. That was his plan. But the Lord had other plans and actually prevented him from doing that. And through a vision from the Lord, he was called into what is modern day Greece. It seems that the Lord wanted to spread the gospel westward into Europe. Thessalonica was a uh, major seaport. It was also a main link on the east-west highway. If Christianity were to get uh, a foothold there, if it were to settle there, it was bound to spread east into Asia and west toward Rome. And though Paul may have not realized it, the arrival of Christianity in Thessalonica was crucial in spreading this message, this gospel across the whole known world. Early in the first chapter of 2 Thessalonians, we learn that the church in Thessalonica, though perhaps only months old, was a special place. Look at what uh, verse 3 has to say in that first chapter of 2 Thessalonians. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, Because your faith is growing more and more, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. The church in Thessalonica, though young, was a healthy church. Believers were continually growing in their faith, and their love for one another was increasing, continually increasing. Because of this, Paul was very proud of this church. He liked to uh, use it as an example. Though they had their share of difficulties, they were remaining true to the Lord who had called them. Now that you've found your place, look at um, chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. It reads there, To this end we also pray for you always, that our God may count you worthy of your calling, and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power in order that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's prayer here for the Thessalonians was that God would count them worthy of their calling. And it's an awesome calling when you think about it. We are called to be ambassadors for Christ. We are to be his representatives here on earth. We are called, in fact, to be saints. We're called to be holy, to be worthy of God's calling. I don't know about you, but I don't feel worthy of such an awesome charge. But if you look carefully at verse 11, you'll see that it doesn't say we are worthy, does it? It says God. It's a prayer that God would count us worthy. You see, this is an act of God's grace. He counts us worthy of our calling to be his saints. Did you know that you are a saint? All right, we've got one saint. You want to meet a saint? There he is. You are all saints if you are, if you are God's child. You are a saint. You may hear all this news and this talk about, uh, in the Catholic Church, they're they're talking about making John Paul, the Pope, uh, a saint. But I want you to know God already counts you as a saint. No church has to declare you a saint. If you are a child of God, you are his saint. And that verse goes on to say that because of our status as saints, God will fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power. Just as God was working through Paul to spread this gospel across the known world, he is ready to work in the lives of all believers, both then and today. But it gets even more amazing as as you look at these verses. Look with me at verse 12. Here it tells us why God is doing all this. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Version, so it may vary a little bit. Here's why. So that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It would seem that our lives can bring glory to the name of Jesus. So remember, it's really not about us. We aren't called to be saints for people to notice us, but for them to notice Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 4.11 tells us, Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him do so as by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6.20 echoes this charge. For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. This bringing glory to God has little to do with your attendance here on Sunday. It has much more to do with your conduct the rest of the week. It has more to do with how you behave in the workplace and in your home. It has more to do with how you earn your money and how you spend it. In short, it has more to do with the stewardship of your life than with what happens during this hour here on Sunday. Our lives are to bring glory and honor to God. Now, there's a mega church in the Chicago area called the Willow Creek Church. It has been a real trendsetter. But you know what? They've come to realize something. In an article published in October entitled Willow Creek Repents, they have admitted that their focus on programs and program participation hasn't helped their people grow spiritually or develop spiritually. They've done studies and and looked into this and they found that their people are stagnant in their lives. They're not bringing glory to God. So they've gone back to the drawing board and are now investing in discipling their members. They've realized that while they've gotten a lot of seekers in, they haven't made them holy. They're not living the gospel every day of the week. Here's a quote. Spiritual growth doesn't happen because, uh, I'm sorry, spiritual growth doesn't happen best by becoming dependent on elaborate church programs, but through the age-old practices of of prayer, Bible reading, and relationships. These are the things that bring glory to God. This means that we prefer God's glory above all other things, above our reputation, above our friends and family, above our business pursuits, above the material things that we accumulate. When the glory of God comes into competition with them, we prefer His glory to them. This means that we aim at God's glory and are content that God's will should take place even when it conflicts with our own will. This means that we are content to be outshined by others in gifts and esteem if His glory may be increased. Sounds like John the Baptist, doesn't it? In John chapter 15, verse 8, Jesus tells us, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You see, we glorify God best when we live lives of simple faith and holiness not complicated when we live as disciples. But it doesn't end there. God keeps on giving because this glory is reciprocal. Verse 12 says, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in you, and look at that phrase, and you in him. There's a promise tucked away that is easy to miss. But it clearly says that if we bring glory to the name of Jesus, He will bring glory to us. Romans 8.30 says, And these whom He predestined, He also called. And these whom He called, He also justified. And these whom He justified, He also what? Glorified. Jesus said in Matthew 23, verse 12, Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Remember that woman who gave up her Mustang? You heard the rest of the story, didn't you? A representative from the Armorall Company saw the story on the news and teamed up with a local dealership to give her a brand new Ford Mustang convertible. Not a 96, but a brand new one. Now, you and I may think She was foolish to give up her car for a dog. But it's interesting to see how the blessing comes back around. Now maybe that isn't the best illustration, but it's undeniably true that when we give our lives to God's glory, He in turn promises to bring us glory in the day we stand before Him. You may not experience it in this life, but He's good to His word. William Barclay writes, When Christ comes, he will be glorified in his saints and admired in those who have believed. In this passage in 2 Thessalonians, we have the breathtaking truth that our glory is Christ and Christ's glory is ourselves. The glory of Christ is in those who through him have learned to endure and to conquer and so to shine like light's In a dark place a teacher's glory lies in the scholars he produces a parents in the children he rears not only from living but for life a masters in his disciples and to us is given the tremendous privilege and responsibility that Christ's glory can lie in us we may bring discredit or we may bring glory to the master whose we are in whom we seek to serve. Can any privileged responsibility be greater than this? Paul recognized that because the Thessalonians were people who were growing in their faith and in their love for one another, that their lives would bring glory to God, and that by His grace, He would one day glorify them. It's really simple. You can bring glory to the name of Christ when you live a life of simple faith and holiness. You can be a blessing to God. Every single one of you can be a blessing to God. And the great thing about this is that this glory is reciprocal. It comes back. We are promised that if we glorify the name of Christ, Christ himself, will glorify us. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty good deal. So this morning, are you worthy of your calling? It's a tough question. You're called to be a saint. If you're a Christian, you are called to be a saint. In fact, that's how God sees you. Is your life bringing glory to his name? It's another tough question. I don't ask this to, to give you a guilt trip. But I pose this question because we must choose how we are going to live our lives. And then we have to bear the consequences of that choice. And I tell you, the consequences of living for God is to be, to be glorified with him. So, like the Thessalonians, I challenge you today, to enlarge your faith and increase your love. Learn to see life from God's perspective, from God's point of view, and then live from that perspective. Engage in discipleship. We have opportunities in this core to be involved in small group discipleship. Get involved. Invest in your relationship with God and with others like the Thessalonians did. Make God's glory, the focal point of your life. Like that mother who taught her kids that family was more important than material things, even very valuable things. I challenge you to make your membership in God's family more important than the things that occupy so much of our time, myself included. And remember, after you've done your best to live a life of holiness, know that it is God and his grace that makes it possible for you to be counted as a saint and one day to be glorified with him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your provision. Lord, you not only save us, but Lord, you, you, you sanctify us. You, you give us the ability to be holy men and women. And, Lord, you you cover it all with your grace so that that none of us needs fail. Lord, I, I pray this morning if there's anyone here who is not living up to their potential as saints, if there's anyone here whose life is not bringing glory and honor to you or perhaps some aspect of life isn't, then, God, I pray your Holy Spirit would do his work You bring conviction. And Lord, that you would show us our need to to just surrender that to you, to make you the very focal point of our life, to make your glory more important than our comfort, more important than than our futures, than our plans. And Lord, uh, we will hold you to that promise that someday, when we stand before you, we'll be glorified with you. Lord, I thank you that uh, it's not in our own strength through the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit because of the blood shed for us. So, Lord, this morning, speak to our hearts. Lord, uh, let us know what it is we need to do today. We love you. We thank you. And we give you the praise this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart.